Club with lovely coach Amanda to my well she's to my right virtually um, wearing the Pittsburgh AMR hat right yep that's what it's from strong and strong as steel miles that's great that's great um, well thank you for joining us this morning we are recording this webinar and we are also going to turn this into a podcast um, so you can listen to it um, on your run or share it with a friend or whatever so I know um, I've heard it more than once that videos are hard to watch <laughs> because you have a couple other things to do besides sitting in front of your computer for an hour, but but multitasking with a podcast seems to be easier. So first of all, Coach Amanda, how are you? I just read about your ankle. I didn't know. I, are you healed? I'm not, I mean, I'm not perfect. It was two weeks ago today. So um, okay. yeah, I still have a ways to go, but I'm kind of astounded by how quickly it's healed. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I just, I have the right care with my PT and, um, and so yeah, this whole week I've been able to do CrossFit classes. Um, so that's good progress. So. Sure. Sure. And so remind people, you so you, so you stepped in a hole on a run. Is that what happened? Yeah. So I was getting ready to cross the street and, um, it was a road where, you know, you've got the sidewalk and then you've got the strip of grass before you hit the road. So I was looking out at the road, you know, at traffic before I crossed the street and not down. And as I ran through that strip of grass, I just I stepped in a hole and down I went. And it was one of those ugly sounds and it was so painful. And yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. wow. Well, we're glad you're okay. That that first picture of it was, uh, I know that feeling of having just a fat, fat ankle and you're just like, ah. Yeah. Feeling. Um, yeah. So. so. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, it's funny because some of the comments talk about how you need to travel with your phone or run with your phone. And it's I'm not, not going to do not, it. It won't, it won't change that for me. I just I just don't do it. I, I mean, I've managed for 20 years without one. That was the first time I, you know, it could have potentially helped, but I'm not changing. <laughs> so. <laughs> old dog, old tricks. Yeah. Yep. Not, you're not an old dog, I'm saying, you know. You're no, not but 20 Yeah, yeah. So. Um. Well, cool. So we are here not to talk about your ankle, but I'm glad you're okay. But we are here to talk about the programs you, that you coach in the Train Like a Mother Club because you run the gamut. You do the everything from the 10K run-walk program all the way up to crush the distance in the marathon. So right. there are two 10K programs. There's a run-walk, and then there is a race program. Um, there are three half-marathon programs, a run-walk, a run, and a race program. And then we have two marathon programs, Go the Distance and Crush the Distance. And um, as it grows, right, the, the, the programs get longer. So the 10K is 12 weeks, right? Um, that's right. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> the half marathon is how long? Going like 15. 15 weeks. And then the marathon is um, 18 weeks long. 18, correct. To get you ready to go, um, go the marathon distance. And um, so during this webinar, we are going to have questions for you, or um, we we encourage questions. We'll have some questions among ourselves as well. But um, you have on your little dashboard, you have a place where you can either raise your hand or um, type a question. And um, as we kind of go through and talk about certain things, I encourage you to type now, and, and I'll kind of integrate the questions um, as we go along. So. If you have a toddler in the background or you're at work and your boss, you know, is looking over your shoulder or whatever and you just feel more comfortable typing instead of talking, that's totally cool. If you want to raise your hand, um, I can try to hook you up and you guys can, you can talk to Coach Amanda directly. So, 
Um, before we get into the questions too much, I'm going to um, show my screen um, because what I want to do is not show you all my email that I haven't read, <laughs> um, but as, as a matter of fact, show you this page, which is the traditional page. So again, Coach Amanda, um, she coaches the traditional programs. And these are the upcoming dates, and what we're doing right now is organizing them by what we call waves. And so we basically have eight um, weekends that are grouped into one wave, um, so that it's, and it's determined by your race date. So if you go to this page, um, what you'll see is like the 10K plans are 12 weeks, like we said, the 13, the half marathon are 15, and the marathon plans are 18 weeks. Um, and so right now we're looking at races in. Um, like for a half marathon, we're looking at race dates in March and April of 2018, um, and that and those race dates are starting. Christmas Day happens to be a Monday this year, so you can just start training on a Monday if you have a, a race on April 7th or 8th. Um, similarly, um, moving over here to the marathon column, March and April races, actually um, the last wave is um, for an April race is, um, is Christmas Day, so because you need 18 weeks. So... Um, I mean, I'm not going to walk you through all this, but this is where a good place to see kind of when your training would start based on your race date. And we have people change their race dates quite regularly. So, you know, if you are kind of going between a race, um, you know, at the end of April or the end of May and you're not quite sure which one to do, you know, sign up for the end of April one. And worst case scenario is we'll move you back to the end of May and we'll just help you, you know, add four more weeks to your to your training plan. It's not, you know. Probably not fun for you to do four more weeks, but you know it's definitely you're not locked into stone when you pick your wave, is what I'm saying. So, um, so that that makes sense. Um, the only other thing that we're going to put on here, we haven't done it yet, but we did target races this year, which are kind of a, a gathering of mother runners. I would say, uh, um, oh my gosh, what's the word? Not a peloton, but a what's the bike thing where you have a critical mass, a critical mass. Um, <laughs> Of mother runners, there used to be critical mass rides in New York City. That's why I think of that. Um, of mother runners, all showing up at the same race. And what we do is we have um, a shakeout run depending upon the race schedule. You know, if if there are all the races are on the same day, we'll have a shakeout run. Um, and then we have some kind of gathering where Coach Amanda comes, Coach MK comes, and we just kind of have two hours to sit and talk through the course and talk through um, any other plans you might have. Um, you don't necessarily have to be running the race to. Um, come to a target race. So if you're local, you're welcome to come and show up. Um, and then race day, of course, we'd like to come out and cheer. And um, I like to like, you know, shove really fluorescent badass mother runner signs in your face and, you know, give you a nice slap on the shoulder and, and keep you going. So it's, it's a pretty fun weekend. And, and so the weekends that we are doing that right now, we have the Ogden races in here already, which is going to be a retreat in the spring or the Ogden marathon and half marathon. Um, we're also going to go to Flying Pig, which is in Cincinnati. Um, that is the first weekend in May, May 5th and 6th. Um, and then as the fall comes on, we're going to be at um, Twin Cities Marathon and the 10-miler, which is October 6th and 7th, I believe. And then we'll be at the Cape Cod Half Marathon and Marathon for our, um, for our fall retreat, which is going to be October 27th and 28th. Um, that retreat is sold out, but um, if you sign up for the race, I promise we're not going to you know, <laughs> not, uh, if you want to come and race, we'd love to have you and, um, and we can definitely let you in on some festivities. So, um, so that's kind of, is there anything that you want to say about this past year, Amanda, or how things are going or, you know, your coach's perspective before we dive into questions? 
Um, I don't think so. Just, uh, you know, um, I'm excited to get another year going again. Um, yeah. You know, we're kind of in that lull right now. And, um, I mean, I don't think I would say to everyone who's getting ready, you know, I know it's the holidays right now. And, and you know, you're going to be looking at some hard training coming up, you know, right kicking off at the beginning of the year for many of you. And I would just say, you know, kind of um, savor this downtime. Don't, don't, you know, it's a busy time of the year. Put training on the back seat right now, on the back burner. Um, and, and, you know, save yourself for ramping up again come January. Kind of, I guess it all kind of coincides nicely with New Year's resolutions and all that. So um, the timing of these waves. But, um, but yeah, you know, right now is not the time to, to fret about training. And even if you're already in a plan, I know some of you have already started, um, based on your race goal, um, you sure. know, don't don't sweat it too much if you're missing some runs here or there. This is just not it's it's not a time of year that's really often conducive to heavy training. So yeah, no, actually, I just wrote our um, December newsletter, and one of the things was I just wanted to give you guys strategies like to get through the next three weeks. I kind of feel like New Year's Day is our finish line for the holidays, right? And just you know, it's important to to keep moving for our sanity and just for consistency, but um, just, you know, basically the advice was to tone it down. If you're not training for a marathon in January or February, there's no reason why you have to be out exhausting yourself, you know, yeah. on yeah. a regular basis. So, yeah. okay, so our first question comes from Paige, and she says, how far ahead do you set up your week's workouts? One month at a time, one week for the next week? It's hard to know what else will be going on from week to week, and I struggle with the planning strategy. I mean, I think that's probably something best done on a weekly basis um, because, because like she says, you know, like a month out, it's kind of hard to know what's coming your way, like with kids' activities or, you know, social activities, work, whatever it might be. So I think, um, you know, I think it's always good, you know, maybe on a Sunday, sit down and take a look at what you have coming up and kind of slide your training in there around what your week is going to give you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure what the question, if, if you're like, if you're going for a goal race, you need to obviously have, if you're not even a goal race, but if you're going for a race distance, you need to have a training plan. It doesn't necessarily have to be a train like a mother one, although we, we're, we think pretty highly of them. Um, but, um, but yeah, so if, if you're talking about, you know, rearranging your week during, if you have 15 weeks of runs in front of you to get to a half marathon, you know, rearranging the week, you can do that on a, on a weekly basis if need be, if you have a off schedule or a weird schedule or whatever, you know, your long run can be on a Wednesday if need be. Um, or, or yeah, then the, but yeah, the planning, no matter whether you're on a training plan or not, setting them up in advance is so key, right? I mean, you kind of have to know going in, especially I think when you get to the end of the week and you don't have a plan, it's really easy to let it slide. Where I'm like, oh, tomorrow's Friday. Like, I don't really need to go get in the pool. Like, do I? And it's like, well, no, actually, if you want to do the things you want to do, yes, yes, you do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so just kind of holding yourself to your own um, you know, uh, schedule is great. Um, just to, and, uh, one more thing that I kind of glossed over, but one of the things that's so great about Coach Amanda and the Train Like a Mother Club is that you're basically in a team situation um, for an individual sport. And I don't know many places where women like us, moms, you know, who, you know, may or may not work outside the home, you know, have some kids, you're running here, you're running there. You don't really ever feel like part of a team, and the PTO isn't a team, I'm sorry, <laughs> whatever you want to call it is not a team. Um, and so it's so great because if you do have a race on your calendar, you know, you've got, what we have is we have a, a private Facebook page for you to come in. Um, Coach Amanda every Sunday night asks, um, 
you know, uh, puts up a column where you can ask any question you want, and no question is too basic or too much information, and that goes for this webinar as well. Um, and you've got all your teammates, you know, cheering you on, um, sympathizing with you, um, bitching with you a little bit, especially in some of those crush the distance uh, workouts. Um, and then you and then you've got Coach Amanda kind of accessible, so you can tag her in the Facebook page. You can. Um, we've got webinars like this um, that are also turned into podcasts where you can ask questions along the way. And it's just, you know, um, I just really love the kind of the cross between the support with still having a leader at the, at the top, right? Because it's not just like, hey, just go run and, you know, mark it off because, you know, obviously injuries happen, life happens, speed bumps happen, right? And you're there to help them get through those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I try to check in every day. Um, and just see if there's anyone who's tagged me in there and um, yeah answer any questions along the way so um, but it is it is a great group environment and I, I see these these women forging friendships online and then when we do have some of these target dates it's kind of neat to get to meet up you know live and in person you know so oh yeah. absolutely I mean that's one of the best parts of this whole thing is seeing women come together I mean I just got a note in my inbox this morning which I did read but you know it was from the Ragnar Alafia team or Alafia, I'll never know how to say it right, but it's a team that went to Florida for the trail race this past weekend, and she's like, okay, never would I, like, show up randomly with a group of women that I've never met before except for on the Internet and run a race, and all of a sudden they're, like, my best friends. And same thing, like, people are rooming together at the target races or at the retreats, and they've never met except for online, but there's so much in common and so much camaraderie that it's just it's always a pretty good fit. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, Kelly says, um, I'm trying to plan a 2018 race cycle. Is it advisable to run a half marathon with a time goal in June and run for fun in August? I'm guessing the half marathon is in August. Oh, she, oh, the, it's a marathon in August. So she wants okay. to do a half marathon for time in June and then a marathon in August. Yeah, I think that's that's completely doable. Um, you know, you'll you'll already be at a nice um, amount of base mileage, and you know, we'll just have you recover out a week or so, um, and then kind of you know dip into the marathon training. And um, you know, I, that that's too small of a window to be picking it up, obviously at 18 weeks, but that doesn't matter because you know she's already halfway halfway there. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that's a, a totally doable goal. And I definitely applaud the run for fun, a marathon, although I'm not sure if that's an oxymoron or not, but um, August is not <laughs> ideal marathon time. You probably know that yeah. already, um, but yeah, so I mean, if, if someone's heading into a, a long distance race in August, what would you tell them, Amanda? I, <laughs> I would say don't expect the PR, um, you know, that's not going to happen in those conditions, um, but you know, be dedicated to the training in the heat of the summer um, to get you prepared uh, because that, that's the only way to, to acclimate and um, be as close to ready to running in those conditions for that long that you can be. So, yeah. Okay, um, Kristen has a question. I am a new runner since this summer. Congratulations. Um, but I have worked up to 25 to 30 miles a week. That's awesome. Yeah, that's um, a lot, yeah. book plans and some of Kara Goucher's plans. I run my tempo runs at about 8.45, at an 8.45 pace, and my long runs are about 9.40. Should I be considering heart rate or traditional plans? And if traditional, would I be too ambitious to go for the crush the distance plan? I would not like to see someone go for a crush the distance plan um, on that little. I, I understand you're running 25 to 30 miles per week, and 
um, hats off to you, but you have to understand that there are um, physiological adaptations that have to happen um, over time, and, and I, I would prefer to see you kind of easing into it. I would prefer not to see you run a marathon right now, honestly, but I, you know, if that's your goal and you're going to go for it, um, I would back off, I would dial back, and I think you know, heart rate could be a very good fit here too, because it's going to keep you kind of in check. Um, and 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 not you know give you um, a kind of that carrot I guess at the end for for speed and 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 things like that because um, I think you're 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 walking a fine line um, right now with with the amount of mileage you're doing so quickly and then if you're throwing in speed and it sounds like you already do have tempo set up you know you're you're doing tempo runs and things like that it's a it, it's a slippery slope and and so I think you need to kind of like reel it in or keep it under control a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we definitely say, you know, your first goal for your any distance, whether that's a 10K, a half marathon, or a marathon, first time you race that distance, and, and race is used just mean go the distance, you cross the starting line and cross the finish line. In my mind, and, and uh, a lot of perspective from AMR is you want to finish feeling happy and strong and, feel, and being injury-free because the training can beat you up, especially for a marathon. And so if you get hurt during training, that sets you back a ton, as both you and I know, Amanda, you know, you're not just out for, a, you know, a very fast healing sprained ankle, you're out for six weeks, eight weeks, and then all of a sudden you're going back to square one, and that's really what we want to avoid. Um, so just to go the distance, I know we've said, like, we have the wrong verb there, because it's like, um, you know, a marathon, you do, do more than go. Um, yes. I don't know what the right verb is, but we yes. want you to embrace that it's not a beginner plan I mean anybody running a marathon is really not a beginner um, right. but it is a place for you to build up your mileage safely in a great strength training I mean, that's the other thing with all these plans is they integrate all have strength circuits that are not optional you know if you need to cut off a mile at the end of your run to get your strength in that's what we're going to recommend so um, you know if you want to know more about the distance between or difference between heart rate and traditional you can drop us a line and we can talk about that Kristen um, but I think either one would work for you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Okay, um, here's our here's our uh, our uh, honorary father runner, Michael. Hello, Michael. Oh. Happy Thursday. Uh, he <laughs> just ran Philadelphia. He was with in Philly with us at our target race this fall, which was really fun. Um, and he's asking, does it make sense to try 26.2 Crush It um, if he did the go the distance one for his first one? So um, when when does it make sense to step up? It, you know, I think it depends. I mean, I, it, it depends on your goals. Um, you know, like if, if you are really kind of um, itching to, um, you know, really drop some time off of what you did last time, um, you know, you can step up to crush the distance. I also think, though, you can repeat go the distance and still be going for time because um, there's just so much that you learn and I know you did Michael I know you learned a lot from that first marathon and, and there are probably lots of things you would do differently um, I would also say you know take into consideration how you felt during the training cycle and if it was exhausting to you um, which many times it is the first time through um, I mean it is it could be the tenth time through it could be tiring to you but but what I'm getting at is if you found that was enough, if that was a challenge for you, the training itself, um, I, I would st I would stick with that one one more time, and 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 then maybe consider jumping up. I mean, it's in the end, it's your call, but um, I think you can still perform and improve on the same plan uh, for another go around. 
Oh, absolutely. Sarah, yeah. Sarah's a big, uh, Sarah Bowen Shea's a big uh, fan of, of doing the same plan again and again. Um, the other thing, too, that, and just go, this goes back to Kristen's plan a little bit, um, is I think it's, personally, I think it is much more satisfying mentally and probably as such physically to be able to thrive on a plan than mm -hmm. to get on a plan and be like, oh my God, what's up tomorrow? Because I am so tired and I can't, you know, the idea of running 800s tomorrow, whatever it happens to be, you know, has me in the hole, right? We're yeah. not out to break you. We're out to help you get your goals. And, um, and like you said, you know, the go the distance plan, it is a very solid plan and it is not one that, um, it's not an easy plan. I mean, it's not, you know, right. so, um, so doing it again is deaf. There's no, no shame in that at all. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, moving on. Sorry. Am I... Okay. Caitlin is targeting, um, April 29th. That's my sister's birthday. Um, for her first half marathon, even better. That's very exciting. Um, the plan would start on January 15th, but she hasn't been able to run since Thanksgiving. Um, because she's got some runner's knee going on. How much of a base would I want to build up to be able to start the plan? I'm looking at doing the run-walk plan, but running everything. I like running by minutes rather than miles, plus a six-mile long run to start the run plan is a bit intimidating. So what would you say to Caitlin to both for about her knee and then starting that plan on January 15th? Hmm. I think if you haven't run in almost a month, and then you're talking about jumping into a plan on January 15th, I think it's a bit of a stretch, to be honest. Um, I, um, <laughs> I would maybe want to see you just kind of working on getting your mileage back up before putting um, a race on the agenda um, that, that, you know, kind of is going to push you. I, I, I'm kind of a fan of um, – when you come back from injuries, I'm kind of a fan of just rebuilding a base first and not worrying about a race. I think when you put a race on your schedule, when you're coming back from an injury, you invite more injury um, because you're you're stretching, you're, you're pushing your recovery, um, and you might be taking yourself out of what is a safety zone. Um, that, that said, I mean, if you really want to do it, you really want to do that particular race, um, you know, and, and I don't know, like, are you ready to start running now or not? But I, if, if, if you are, I would, you know, I would definitely encourage you to try to um, be at a point by January 15th where you can handle six to eight miles um, on a run. So the run walk doesn't, we don't, I think we're down to, I think that's like a, not down. It's, it's just, I think it's a, a, an easier entry point. I think it's three to four miles. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I totally forgot you said the run walk. And so, yes. Um, yeah. If you want to run walk it, I think that is the way to go. That would definitely be a much more doable way to do it. So, sorry. <laughs> just correct. Like, I because I've got the questions written in front of me and I'm reading them to you. So, I, I get it. Um, yeah, the other yeah. thing that I would add um, is I hope that you are taking care of that knee and building strength and seeing a PT um, if it is not getting better or you know, if it got really bad, um, because it will come back <laughs> with yeah. training if you haven't um, rectified the situation somehow. And so yeah. um, we can help you find a PT in your area if you need it. Um, there's a great resource that I send a lot of mother runners to. Um, but it's really important for all of these plans, you know, that you really start the plan not injured. Because I can guarantee you there is no running injury that gets better by running more on it, <laughs> you know, exactly. even though we wish it were different, I would, you know, there's many times that I wish it was not that way, but you know, oh, it's going to get better. My plantar fasciitis is going to get better and I'm just going to do the 10K race plan. 
no, it's not. I'm sorry. I wish yeah. that weren't the case, but um, we really need to make sure that you're healthy starting. So absolutely, that's that's a that's a big that. one of mine. Yeah. yeah. So, Caitlin, if you need help with that, um, email us, and we'll be sure to, to to see if we can help you out there. Um, okay, how many days a week do I need to run for your half program? Robin is asking. She works nights, so her schedule is challenging. Do you know that off the top of your head, Amanda? If not, I have the plans next to me. So, um, yeah, I think I think we've got four days a week in there um, for the most part, and so um, I think that's what you need to be able to, you know, if you want to follow the plan, um, that should be your goal. Not to say that you can't run a half marathon on three days a week, but um, you know, again, we want you going into this race um, to have a good experience and, you know, not, not find it really miserable. So um, I would aim for the four days a week, um, and, you know, if you can get there. Um, but, again, we can adjust if, you know, if you need to cut something out in there. Yep, and I think and I think the race plan is five, isn't it? I think we up the, up the ante a little bit. If they... half, um, the, the race plan for the half, yes. So, um, yeah, but I think it's I think we start at four with both of them. So um, okay, yep. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I have a I'm gonna try and connect to Kim Frick here. So um, Kim, if you are ready, let's see here. I'm looking for you on here. Oh, she left. Sorry. Oh, there she is. Oh, you're at the very top. I'm sorry, Kim. I'm gonna unmute you. Um, and let's see. Can you uh can you talk to us, Kim, right now? Um, okay, she's not coming in, so I think she's typed a question as well. So I'm going to keep going on the on the typed out questions. Um, okay, um, Amanda uh, has a question about what plan to use. I was accepted into the Berlin Marathon for September 2018. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, what should I do between now and May when I start training? Um, and what training plan do you recommend if I want to race strong but not PRing? This will be my 12th. Marathon. So, what would you have Amanda do to get to Berlin? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, as far as the actual training plan, um, you know, it's your 12th marathon. Um, you're not looking to PR. Um, I would then I would go with with um, go the distance. Um, you know, and and that way you're going to get there and have a great experience and not you know push yourself or challenge you know not overly challenge yourself if if you're not looking to to do that. Um, and between now and May, I mean, I would, um, you know, definitely at least keep three runs a weekend. Um, and, and, and as you get closer to May, start building up so that you're getting more like four days a week in, um, even five days a week at that point, um, and come into the plan with about a 10-mile long run. So. Awesome. And I think uh, it's really depending upon someone's perspective. Um, and how they feel about being on a training plan for a long time. So, I mean, obviously 18 weeks is a long time for a marathon. You know, some people would like to come in and say, I'm just going to do a half marathon, you know, so that I have the structure and I keep up my mileage. Um, that's obviously an option, but then that's, you know, if you do our both those plans with us, that's 33 weeks of training out of a 52-week year. It just depends upon if that is, you know, interesting to you or if it makes you feel like you're going to like, ah! got to do my own thing, you know, so you got to kind of think about your own personality there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this is uh, Michael again. Um, he's thinking about doing the Runner's World Half um, and running all the races, or the Half Festival. So I think that's a 5K, 10K, and Half Marathon. Um, I assume the 13.1 plan would work well, but I assume I might need to modify it to address the multiple races. What, um, what yeah, 
Um, we've had um, quite a few people do that, um, and um, you know, with, with the the multiple races in a weekend. And um, what I typically recommend is um, doing a little switching around with days in the program. So, for instance, um, a, a typical um, layout of my plans might have Friday as a cross training or um, off, off day. Um, and what I might have you do instead would be say take the Thursday run, plop it into Friday, and that way you're going to be doubling up on run on a Friday and then a long run on a Saturday um, and then again on a shorter run on Sunday and that way you're practicing really kind of running on tired legs and going into your long run on tired legs. Um, so I, I think that's a definite doable way to do that. So so many more races are doing that now. I think it's a way to kind of keep people, you know, keep it fresh, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> run some more miles, keep it fresh. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, this is Kim Frick's question. Um, she's training for the London Marathon in April, but she has about four weeks where total, so I don't think they're consecutive, I just think they're over a span of time, um, where she'll be in the mountains skiing, where conditions can be iffy for running. Um, Kim lives in Switzerland, by the way, so um, she's got quite the charm and access to such good chocolate, I've just got to say that. Um, okay, so can she substitute cross-country skiing for her runs um, and downhill skiing at uh, can she substitute that? And this will be a fourth marathon. So she's got London in April looking for crop, winter cross training. Um, I mean, I am always going to say I'd rather see you run than something else when you're getting ready for a marathon in particular. Um, one thing I would say is um, do you have access to a treadmill when you're going to be, um, you know, away? Um, Thing in the in the Berga, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, he, and I know, I know, a whole day of downhilling or cross country skiing is taxing on your body. But if you can even just get on the treadmill and knock out, you know, four or five miles, um, you know, a couple times during the week when you're skiing, I think that would help make up and kind of bridge the gap there that we're that we're looking at. So, um, and also, I mean, I, I think part of it it comes in the timing of when these weeks fall that you're, you know, yeah, I mean, so if, for instance, if it's, you know, like at, at your peak training weeks where you're, you know, pushing into the 40-some mile um, range, I, I don't want to see big zeros on those weeks. Um, and, and unfortunately, yeah, again, you know, cross-country skiing and, and downhill skiing, while they're great forms of exercise, they're not running and they're not going to help you get ready for a marathon. So... Um, All right, so I'm going to throw in what feels to me, I mean, my memory, I've done one snowshoe running race in my life, and I just remember, oh my God, it was just so hard, I just remember it being so hard, but how do you feel about snowshoeing, if that, if she needs no, to go? I, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think snowshoe running is, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's slightly different, but it doesn't feel that much different, although it is, like you said, super hard. I mean, yeah. and, you just, and you definitely would be doing a um, time conversion as opposed to a mileage conversion, you know, so say you have six miles to run and it would normally take you an hour, just go snowshoe run for an hour and who cares, you know, what mileage you cover, because you're not going to cover much, <laughs> but, um, but it is an awesome work, yeah, it's an awesome workout and it is very, you know, much more sports specific. So yes, if that's available, awesome, go for it. Put it on your Christmas list, Kim. There you go. Put on a yeah. pair of running. Atlas makes a very nice pair of running snowshoes, and um, it is hard, but it's also really fun because it's you get to kind of blaze trails where you don't normally get to go. So yeah. Um, okay, Leanne is asking. Um, I'm just getting back into running after her second baby. Congratulations on the second baby. Um, she was sidelined during pregnancy um, and after due to complications. 
where do I set my goals for the spring? Slow and steady or attempt to get close to where I was pre-pregnancy? Oh, I could answer this, but go ahead. We want you to do what, Coach Amanda? Yeah, yeah, slow and steady sounds perfect. Rebuild that yeah. base. Um, you know, there's a lot going on with your body and a lot of things. And, you know, the old adage, it takes nine months, takes nine months to, to, to you know, to, to have a baby. It takes nine months to recover from having a baby. I think it's so true. And um, give yourself the gift of time right now. Just get back yeah. into running, rebuild some base mileage, and then, you know, then consider some some race goals and targets and you know I know people do it and I I, I got, I'm not going to say that I haven't done I did it after you know my kids that I didn't go back and, and you know get right into racing and things like that but um, hindsight's 2020 and I think that you know give yourself the, the gift of time with this absolutely and a couple things um, just just upcoming so Coach MK who is Amanda's counterpart in the heart rate training she is as big uh, I mean she would say it herself she is a a beluga whale right now. She's got a baby ready to pop um, in kind of what's due in February, but she thinks it might come early. Um, and what we're going to do with her, um, starting when she feels ready, probably about six weeks postpartum, is start on a video series um, with her and um, some some blog posts as well about how to come back safely and smart and smartly. That's a word. Um, so that because you know your body as you're on your second kid. Um, Leanne, so you kind of know that your body fundamentally changes, but you know your pelvic floor, your hip stability, um, your sacroiliac joint. There's a bunch of stuff that gets out of whack um, with giving birth and carrying around a kid on one hip, and um, and so we're going to talk about all that. Um, I know you're past the the you know the, the immediate past birth thing, but she's going to give all of you um, something to think about. Um, if you've had a if you've had a child recently, and actually even if you haven't, because there are so many women in this tribe who, you know, leak and have other issues um, because we just neglected it or you didn't know about it. It wasn't a you know it, it was more being just not knowing about it, right? So, yeah. um, so and then the other thing I would say, Leanne, I mean, so if you want to be on a program and you want the camaraderie and all that, the 10K Run Walk program is awesome. It is a great place to start because it's very doable. Um, it goes by time. You've got your run walk intervals, and you can always, um, as with any plan, you know, Coach Amanda's, you know, on, on the run walk side, you can make the, you know, if you need to switch out the intervals a little bit, if it's a, it's a two-minute run and a two-minute walk one day, you feel like maybe going more like one three or three one, depending upon how you're feeling and your energy. That's cool. There's some flexibility there for sure. So, just throwing out a suggestion if you want um, more structure. Okay, Holly. Um, can you review the differences between the two marathon plans as far as speed work? Um, I would say there is, um, I don't know if I want to say a lot less on the, on the go the, go the um, distance versus crush the distance, but there's, there's a definitely a substantial difference. Um, I start the speed work later on in the program with go the distance. Um, I, again, the focus of go the distance is getting you to a nice, comfortable finish. Um, and so um, it's more focused on getting the miles you need to, to complete that distance um, with a little bit of speed work thrown in there. Um, crush the distance is going to be much more um, marathon pace focused, um, tempos, negative split runs, things like that. So um, you know, you're going to start into the speed work sooner and you're going to have um, regular speed work the rest of the way out and more of it. More, And when I say more of it, I don't mean more um, in terms of frequency, but more in terms of um, mileage 
percentage of, of, of mileage um, with, with that plan. So um, that's what I would say are the two basic differences um, in the two. So not that you're not going to get it in go the distance, but um, you're going to get more of it in crash the distance. And then she, um, Holly's asking again, will you be the Twin Cities in 2018? And the answer is yes, we will be at the marathon. We love that marathon. Was that the first time you went this year, Amanda? Have you been the to Twin Cities? It was the first time I've ever been there. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that just amazing? It is. Amazing. It's an awesome race. Yeah, yeah. We definitely recommend it as a marathon distance. I mean, you're going, you know, around the lakes and you're mostly on um, parkways. So it's very crowd friendly. You know, you got a lot, a lot of cheering for you and um, you finish at the Capitol and it's just, I don't know. I mean, I'm biased because I'm from there, but I just think it's it's lovely because it, and it's like I think about 8,000 runners, um, if I'm not mistaken, and it's like, so it's like a big enough race where you're never by yourself, but it's not so big where you feel like you're constantly dodging and weaving and wondering, you know, if you're gonna step on somebody's heels. Um, yeah. And I last, year, we're able to get some uh, entries. I'm sorry, I cut you off, Amanda. What, what did you want to say? No, I was just gonna say, in generally good weather too. You know, usually October is good there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then we, the 10-miler is um, a, a beautiful, lovely race, and um, last year we were able to snag some entries for our crowd, and we're going to try to do that again. I can't make any guarantees, but um, that's also another option as well, so um, there you go. Um, okay, uh, Barbara, I'm running a 10K for the first time, and she wants to run the entire race. Should she do the walk, run, or the race plan? Um, I, I, it would be good to have a little information um, leading into this to know. Um, where she is now, um, so I mean, I would recommend probably the the run plan, um, or you know, the race it plan, um, so you're not walk running. But I don't know where you are in terms of um, your your running, so it's kind of hard to answer that question. Sure. So let us know, Barbara. But the 10K, the race plan, the walk run part, it does um, lead you up to your your, your intervals get a lot. Um, your run oh. intervals, basically, the way that we have it at the end is that you're walking through the aid stations, right? So it's like nine to 10 minutes, 11 minutes of running with one minute of walking. And if you want to run through the aid stations at a 10K, that's fine. So um, it's definitely not, it's not a walk run the whole time. It's not the Galloway method where he always has you um, stop and walk, no matter if you're in a race situation or a long run or a short run, it is building you up to be a runner. Correct, Amanda? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but Barbara, if you want to write in a little bit more um, or email us, um, at yeah. the end of this session or later today, you all will get an email um, from us. It's talamclub at anothermotherrunner.com, and I'll have the link to this webinar, and um, there's a discount um, if you guys register for a program by the 31st, and a couple other good things in there, so definitely check that out. Um, and then if you have questions, you can just reply to that email as well. Okay, Krista. Um, what is the best way to pick your first marathon? I go back and forth. Do I go for the flat, fast terrain through the city or something more challenging but more scenic? Both are going to suck at some point. Glad you know that, Chris. <laughs> um, but both will be an awesome accomplishments once I am done. So how would you pick your first marathon? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, again, it's, it's going to be very, very individual in terms of what your priorities are. If you're someone, for instance, who really – um, likes a lot of crowd support and you know drawing the energy from from the people around you and, and having people around you the whole time on the course um, you know you might want to look at some of the bigger ones more urban ones um, if you're someone who's pretty content to just be running and taking in the scenery and not needing all of that camaraderie I mean 
most marathons, there aren't that many really small marathons where you're ever going to be out there by yourself. But, um, but what I'm saying is if, if you're okay, you know, motivating um, with, with a smaller size crowd and things like that, then maybe go the more scenic route. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily worry about terrain so much for, for your first marathon. I mean, you know, you probably don't want to go do big surf for your first one. You know, you probably don't want the hardest thing in the, on the planet, but, um, you know, running a flat marathon, while it sounds, um, you know, easier and, and faster and all that kind of stuff, it can be faster, um, but it can also hurt equally as much because you're never getting a, a break from the muscles that you're using. So, um, other factors I would always consider is uh, our, our time of year and weather. Um, you know, if you're an overheater like I am, I don't like to do September marathons or, you know, May marathons because they're never going to work out well for me. I know that about myself. So take that into consideration. Also, take your life into consideration. Um, you know, pick a marathon that's going to fit with the less busy time of your life. So. I mean, if you know that you have, you know, in May, um, you know, a graduation coming up or, you know, a, a heavy sports schedule with your kids or any of those kinds of things, or if your job is particularly busy, you know, at a particular time of the year, try to find something that's going to be an easier time um, for you to be concentrating on, on increasing your mileage like this. Totally. I would also add just what, what's between those two, between the city and the a more scenic course, which one is more interesting to you? Like what, what do you want? You know, like where do you yeah. want to travel to? Where, and where do you maybe yeah. have family for too? That's the other thing is it's nice to have, I mean, you know, we go back and forth about having your family out there. If you have little ones, maybe not, but you know, if you have, you know, adult friends or a partner or whatever that can come out and cheer you on, um, you know, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. We, we recommend the Twin Cities. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Zoe says, I'm planning on running a half in the beginning of February and a half in early May. Can I still do a train like a mother plan for May? I would love to do, but, but I wasn't sure if this would be possible. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's very doable. That's a nice spread um, between races. and So, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And we can help you, you know, um, integrate because you'll, you will have started your training your May race when you're in your February so you know coach Amanda either on the Facebook page or via email um, can help you rejigger your schedule a little bit so that yeah. you um, you know you're not going into your hard training before you recover from your first from that February half marathon yeah yeah um, Gretchen I'm a new runner and I'm trying to decide my goals for 2018 I'm currently in the 10k program for a race in April is it feasible for me to do a half marathon and or sprint triathlon in late summer or fall or should I do more 10ks I want to challenge myself but not make too lofty or unachievable goals because of my because I'm new um, uh, um, yeah so I'll, I'll return a little bit to what I was saying earlier with new runners I really do like to see people take their time building up um, mileage and building up race distances um, you know there's just a lot of adapting um, for your body to go through um, you know it can be it can be a three or four year process before your body is really, really um, adept at running and comfortable running and not, you know, vulnerable to um, big mileage buildups. And that's not to say you can't do these things. You can. Um, but, you know, you might want to take a little bit more time and, and you know, work on those 10Ks. And, and, you know, I can almost guarantee just because you're brand new that you're going to take time off between your first 10K and your second 10K. Um, just by virtue of, of training and, and, you know, your body adapting and getting used to running and becoming more efficient. So, um, you know, I, I might 
recommend that, but I also don't think that you're talking about a goal that's outrageous. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think, again, it comes down to, are you more interested in running a half marathon or doing a sprint triathlon? Because your sprint triathlon training is going to also supplement your running just by virtue of giving you um, a wider cardiovascular base without um, risking injury so much. And you'll, so you'll yeah. still be running two to three times a week, but you won't be, um, you know, setting yourself up for injury by solely running. So, um, again, you know, it comes down to what, what, what you want to do. Yeah. Um, Sarah, she's trying to plan her 2018. I'm running her first ever marathon in April. Woohoo! Um, she didn't get into the Chicago lottery, so she feels a little lost trying to figure out what to do after April. Is it crazy to try a second marathon in the fall, or should I just try to focus on improving time and shorter distances? Um, yeah, it's it's you know it's kind of what what your priorities are. I can tell you that after you run in April, you're probably going to want to run a fall marathon. You're going to come off of it. You're going to be excited and 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 um, you know wanting to give it another go, whether it goes well or goes poorly. Um, you'll be you'll you'll kind of be raring to go. I think that um, you know two marathons a year is is doable for anyone. Um, I I think that you know I, you know a spring and a fall that's that's a nice spread out amount of time. Um, so it's yeah, it comes down to again, kind of a person. It's a, a, a personal decision here. You know what's what's going to work for you. Um, you know, and, and you can you can also reevaluate in terms of after you've been through the training. Um, you can kind of say to yourself, oh, do I really feel like starting this up all over again um, after your high's gone? Because that high's going to be there. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. I want to do that again. Or oh my god, I never want to do that again. I mean, yeah, yeah. the extremes. I think is kind of what happens after the marathon. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would say wait until after April um, because the other thing, you know, Chicago is one that sells out. Obviously, New York is hard to get into. Marine Corps is hard to get into. But other than that, like, you know, Twin Cities doesn't sell out. Um, Philadelphia doesn't sell out. Um, Wine Glass is another one we really like. That doesn't sell out. So it's not like you need to register today to get into a race for this fall. Um, you, yeah. you know, signing up, you might spend 10 or 15 more dollars, but that's worth you know, a little bit of later registration fee instead of pressing yourself into a situation where you're training again and that might not feel the best to you. Yeah. So, um, okay, Angela. Uh, she's been running half marathons for the past six years. This year she finds herself being slower with more soreness at age 44. What is happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea, Angela. We have no idea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what, what should she need to do to get faster or is she too old to get faster? So you're not too, you know, I mean, it's too old. Yeah, not, that is not, not too old. Haven't been running long enough that, that, you know, that you've hit your peaks. Um, none of that. Um, one thing I would say, I don't, I don't know what you're doing for strength training, but, um, you know, if you're not focusing on it very much, um, in your forties is a great time to start working on getting some strength in there. Because one thing that is happening is, is you're starting to lose some muscle mass, you know, just through the aging process. Um, and that results in less efficient running, no matter what. Um, so build some muscle, um, you know, a couple times a week, be really dedicated to strength training, um, you know, maybe even a notch above what we have in our plans if, if you want to incorporate, you know, a little bit more there to, um, to really focus on that. And I think that would be um, hopefully a game changer for you. Absolutely. Yeah, so again, so the plans all have um, what we call the super short strength circuits. They're designed by Coach MK, who, is his, who again, is the head of the heart rate program. Um, and they're like less than five minutes, right? Um, so we really wanted them to, to be very accessible to you guys, but they're not going to do any good if you don't do them. Um, you know, we have videos of them. We have the captions for you. We have it all laid out so that hopefully you do them. 
Um, and um, a second round of them, you know, if you have 10 minutes, third round of them, if you have 15, you know, right there, that that is worth the price of admission yeah. um, in my mind. So, um, but yes, and then doing things that, you know, a body pump class or a, I, I, I've never been to CrossFit, so I'm just heard about it. <laughs> um, but any kind of strength training, you know, I mean, it's gonna that's gonna help a lot. And the other thing is thinking about your nutrition as well. It doesn't necessarily make you faster, but it makes your body um, more streamlined and um, able to run on different kinds of fuel more. So something to think about. Um, Cheyenne, I am struggling to get my runs in. She's a stay-at-home mom with two kids, two years and eight months. Oh my gosh! So just put yourself back there, Amanda. We've been there. So uh, we absolutely know how you feel. I'm already in one of the Train Like a Mother 10K programs, but I feel like I'm failing already. Is there any pointers for getting the miles in? I live in Ohio, so sometimes running outdoors is not an option with the kids in the stroller. Um, is there any, I'm sorry, what was her question before she said she was in Ohio? Most pointers for getting her runs in, so right. Train Like a Mother 10K program. So first of all, um, I hate that you think that you're failing already because you're not, because by mere fact of you signing up and setting yourself up, with some gold and some support and, and a coach like Amanda, that's not failing. So just please be kind to yourself. Um, and it's hard. I mean, just thinking about how little those guys are and how much they depend on you, realize that um, anything that you do is, um, I feel like is like 10 times more valuable than anything that I can do that has, you know, I can leave the kids at home now. So, I mean, what, what would you do, Amanda? What did you do in those days when they were little littles? Yeah, um, I mean, it definitely required lots of getting up early, which is probably an odious thought to someone who's maybe not getting um, a lot of sleep already, um, you know, and I get that. Um, but I, I think I think many, many mother runners will tell you that the secrets to their success um, are those non-negotiable early morning pre-dawn hours before the kids are up because you're making that time for yourself. You're getting the, the miles in. Um, and then you're available the rest of the day and you're not going to beat yourself up for, oh my goodness, I'm not going to get this run in or I'm not going to, you know, where am I going to fit it in or whatever else it might be. So um, there's that. There's, I don't know if you belong to a gym and can take advantage of taking your kids to a gym and, and putting them in daycare for an hour um, and hopping on a treadmill there. Um, you know, and, and again, I know there's guilt associated with doing some of these things, but um, but you know, don't you? You need if, if this is what you want to do, um, it's okay, and you should be able to do that and manage it, and don't feel guilty about it. You're better off, um, you know, to everyone else once you've taken care of yourself. So, um, you know, also, I mean, if if you um, can can do it, if you have someone who can can watch your kids for an hour, you know, a couple times a week, you know, a relative or a babysitter or something like that. Um, do it. Just do it, and 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 don't look back. Like take the time for yourself, and go ahead and do it. Um, and and you don't have to don't have to beat yourself up or feel guilty for that, because because it's it's good. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I would say yeah. And I I mean just thinking of what sometimes what I did sometimes was um, you know if, if a 10k is really important to you um, you know that finish line you feel like you need to taste it absolutely stay in the plan. Um, but you know getting out like just setting a goal of saying okay I'm going to move four days this week you know and making two of those days. Saturday or Sunday, if you have, you know, a husband or a partner that can, um, you know, so you can have two of those days and then just try for two other days. Um, another thing is like um, a mom swap, you know, where you, um, maybe you go watch your kid's friends for a little while and then she comes over and watches your friends. For, that's a free way to do it. Um, but I'm a big fan, especially in Ohio, you know, it is too cold. It's too cold to bring the, the kiddos out there. Um, if you can find an affordable gym, I mean, my gym is lifetime Fitness, that's not, um, 
not the main, <laughs> it's not like a deluxe gym by any stretch, or I mean it's 24 hour fitness, it's 24 hour fitness, not lifetime, I don't even know the name of it, that's how much I love it, <laughs> 24 hour fitness, it's um, at Costco, it's $300 for two years, you can get a pass, um, and they have daycare, right, and so, you know, is it is it ideal to go sit on the treadmill? No, but is it is it better than sitting at home and feeling resentful and feeling guilty and feeling yuck about yourself? Absolutely. So, um, you know, just do what you can to make it work for sure. And I would also, Cheyenne, if you're already in that page, I would also put that up on Facebook. Um, you know, and just say I'm struggling. You know, who else has small kids? You know. Do you guys have some ideas or whatever? Because that's that's really the beauty of these plans and the support that comes in and the ideas that come in and just you know um, or you can ask for an accountability buddy. You know, if you feel like you're at that place where it's more, um, you know, you want someone to to know that you worked out that day. You know, that's that that happens in some of the pages as well. So um, just FYI. Okay, Malia, is a month enough time in between marathons? She's looking at Chicago um, on October 7th and New York on the 4th of November and wondering what your thoughts are on that. I'd obviously dial back on everything else after the spring. I've run a marathon before, so not my first, but one marathon was pre-kids 10 years ago. But my one marathon was pre-kids 10 years ago. Currently, I run a lot of halves, which are easy for me now. I wouldn't be looking at a time goal on either marathon, just a happy, strong finish experience. So... Um, so yeah, so her first marathon was before she had kids 10 years ago and she wants to do Chicago and New York. What would, what, what would you tell her? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if, if you're taking the time goal element out of it and if you honestly can be okay with that, um, you know, it's, it's definitely doable. I'm not the biggest fan of doing them back to back like that, but it is definitely doable. Um, you know, you're going to take some real good downtime after the first one. Um, you know, in that first week, I would say, you know, not, not really running, but, but moving. Um, and then slowly, slowly kind of, um, you know, over the next week, build you up a little bit. Two weeks out, give you a semi-longish run again. Um, and I don't mean another 20-miler. <laughs> um, and, and then you, you kind of cruise back in for the second marathon. So, um, yeah, doable. Um, you know, and, and like I said, especially if you're, you're not trying to uh, have a, a, any kind of a time goal with either of them. That's, that makes it better off, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Kate is 66, and she's just getting back into running. Very awesome. cool. Yeah. 30 years ago, she was running an hour a day. I'm in pretty good shape, and I play tennis and practice karate. At my age, where should I start, and what should I watch out for? I would love to win my age group at a 10K or a half, and maybe run a marathon for my 70th birthday. Am I nuts? No. No, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where should she start um, with that? And, yeah, what would you do with, with if she came to you as a private client? Yeah, I mean, I think the 10K is a, in, and training for a 10K is a great, great starting point, um, you know, just to get your feet wet again and, and get started. And even, I don't, I don't know if you've been running at all, but, um, you know, if not, maybe starting with, with the run walk um, and, and kind of build up your running again and, 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 and hang out there for a little bit um, at that, that kind of a, a level of running before you make any big jumps into longer distance racing. Um, again, I'm going to go back to strength training. It is just critical as we get older. Um, so, you know, right now you want to be, you know, protecting your bones um, when you're out there. Um, so, um, you know, getting, getting that strength training component in there is going to help immensely, um, warding off injuries, keeping your bones healthy, um, being pretty dialed in on your nutrition is going to be important too, um, getting the rest you need, uh, all those things. But I, I think it's fantastic and I'd love to see you, you know, get started again and, and see where you can take it. And I love 
the, the marathon goal for your 70th birthday. Yes, yes, we'll see you there. Yeah, so, so the 10K run walk is a great place to start if you're interested in heart rate training. Um, heart Rate 101 is an eight-week program um, that has no finish line at the end. It's not a race-focused program, so it's just a great way to ease back into running. Um, and then um, our 5K programs, we're kind of redeveloping those a little bit, so they're not ready right now. They're not ready again for prime time, but, um, but those are some good places to start if you want to join us for a, a program. Um, it was uh, Kelly saying it was mentioned on the past podcast that there could be um, an AMR target race in Alaska. Is that on the lineup for 2019 or later? Um, so I don't know if we'll do an official target race there, Kelly. Um, but I know that Amanda, uh, not Amanda, um, Sarah and Molly are going to go this year. So they will be there, um, and they're going to run the half marathon, and they are going to have a booth at the expo. Um, this is, you know, 90% sure this is what we planned. Um, we had some planning meetings last week, so so there's that, um, and I'm and I'm guessing that we could definitely like rally some people. I know of some some other runners in Alaska. We could definitely um, you know get you guys together for for drinks or maybe not drinks. <laughs> carb loading <laughs> that's carb loading, right? Um, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so so if that's interesting to you, just drop us a line. Um, and uh, I, I know Sarah and Molly are super super excited to go. So um, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, okay, Maria, I'm in the middle of the traditional 13.1 run plan with a race in January. After that, I'll be running a 10-miler in May with an aggressive time goal. Should I run, should I join a 13.1 race plan, and then should I make any adjustments based on the difference in distance? She's got yeah, I, I, I would go for um, the race plan, and, um, you know, if you've got a really aggressive goal, and... Um, and you've got this big time span to complete that whole 13.1 plan, I, I would just do that that plan, honestly. I think it will get you pretty primed for a nice 10-miler. So, yeah. I agree. I think that that's, that's going to get you. And you'll be so glad when you see that 9-mile sign and you're like, yeah. one mile left. Yeah. Forget that 4.1. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I love that. All right. Um, Cindy, I'm looking to run my first marathon in 2018. I have run several half marathons. Do you have a, <laughs> not laughing at you, Cindy, it's just that they put it in quotes, an easy marathon that you could recommend. So <laughs> um, a good first time marathon, what, what would you recommend? Um, wow, that's tough. Um, I have to think about, well, I mean, you know, it depends on the part of the country. Um, but um, I, I tell you one of my favorites, um, and it would be great to do this as a target race one year, is Richmond, Virginia. Um, okay. Yeah, it's in um, mid-November. It is another really nice-sized race. Um, it's around 3,000, 4,000 people, I think, at this point. Um, and the, the course is, is really user-friendly. It's, um, it's not pancake flat, but um, it only has a couple of hills in there that kind of shake things up. It's got one bridge, 16, 17 miles uh, in that range that kind of stretches you a little bit. But it's, I think it's a really, really great user-friendly first-time marathon. Um, now, I don't know, if, you know, if, if you're maybe West Coast, um, California International Marathon in December in Sacramento, that's another great one. Um, Twin Cities is another great one. Um, yeah. Philly is another, yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, wine glass, but, I, you know, wine glass, I, don't, I love wine glass. I don't know that it would be a good first-time. It's just that you can get pretty spread out out there, you know, on some long stretches and... and yeah, and for a first-time marathon, you might not want that experience. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would 
definitely think the fall, though. I think October and November are the, the months that you want to look at just because then your weather is going to be, well, who knows? I mean, it was freezing in Philly this year, I mean, for a spectator at least. And, yeah. and pretty, but, you know, the weather is always going to be a wild card, but you have better chances with um, very runner-friendly weather weather in October and early November. Yeah, and, and I also, I'm always, a, I'm always a fan of people training through the summer um, getting that heat training in and then going into a fall race and feeling like <clears throat> feeling like a rock star. So, Eva, finally getting to your question. Um, thank you for your patience. Um, she's looking to uh, qualify for Boston in the fall and she needs to know how to approach a plan in the year to get me there. She's used um, both the Outstanding and the Crush It plan. Both were uh, fine, but she has to build more speed um, and she needs to cut 10 minutes out of her PR from three years ago. So. How do you find 10 more minutes in the, in the, so that's basically a little, about 20 seconds a mile, 30 seconds a mile, somewhere in, in there? Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely be looking at the Crush It plan. Um, I can't remember, Ava, your particular situation in terms of when your last marathon was. I know you, you want to take it, your PR was three years ago, but um, I don't know how recently you ran a marathon, because um, I would say that kind of has to come into play, because, um, if you haven't run, like say if three years ago was the last time you ran a marathon, um, I wouldn't say your first one back is going to be your best chance for a PR. I would say run another one and see what you can do and then run a second one, you know, another training cycle's worth of it, you know, six months later or whatever it might be, um, and make that the goal um, for getting there. And at that point I would say use the Crush It plan. That's what it's designed for. It's designed to to help you really, um, you know, knock time down. So, um, so you, Ava, you can feel free to, you know, tag me um, on the Facebook page. Um, we've communicated before, so that's that's how I feel familiar with her. Um, and you know, and or email, whatever it might be. But um, we can communicate a little bit more about this because I think um, that that is a factor. I think you know, unless unless you just ran a marathon, you're coming off of a recent marathon, and then again. I know she was in Philly. I just don't remember. I'm sorry if I don't remember if you did the half or the full. So yeah, just drop us a line, Ava, and we'll we'll have it all um, sent out for you, or we can all kind of lay it out for you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Jessica. Um, she's panic. She's panicking after experiencing a visit from bad math man. <laughs> I just realized my race is 11 weeks away, but I'm on um, week four of a 20-week half marathon training plan. I'm building back up this year after being benched due to a mild heart issue over a year ago. What do I do? Do I look for a 12-week plan now? I'm hoping to run, walk, the half, really. I'll be happy to walk, and I'll be happy just to be able to walk after the whole thing. I just want to finish and eat big nets after. So she may, she may be on a heart rate plan, or she may be on a different plan. I don't know, but she's basically like 15. She's now like 11 weeks away from her half marathon. Um, what would you have her do? That's hard. Well, you, you talk. <laughs> no, I think I think run I think run walk is the approach. I mean, I think that's the way to go at this stage. Um, and um, it's sounding like you know everything you're you're coming off of some health issues and um, looking at a shorter window for approaching all of this. And you you said it, it sounds to me like you're going to be happy just completing even if it's walking a lot of it. So um, for right now, I, I I would go with a run walk plan, and I, I think it's okay to jump in, you know, a little bit late to a plan, um, you know, if you're, if you're run walking it, so. Yeah, if you want to come into the, I, I, again, like if you, I don't know where you are, if you are on a heart rate plan, we can talk about 
um, having you come over to the run walk plan, which is 15 weeks. Um, if you're on a totally different plan, um, uh, you can email us and we can we can um, see what we can do to help you, Jessica. Okay, um, Jen says she did a first marathon in mid-October and she has a second one in three weeks. Predictably, I'm feeling a little burnt out as well as fighting off an injury from a bad step on a long run. The next marathon that she's doing, the one that is in three weeks, is for fun at Disney and after that I'm struggling with what is next. I feel like it's time, sorry, to switch it up. I've always run more to finish, not for time, so I'm considering a race the distance plan for a shorter distance, a 10K or a half. How long would you recommend after her marathon before starting a training cycle and, um, and where my focus changes to speed and improving times? Um, and if I want to lengthen a few long runs to keep the progress I've made on increasing distance, is that workable? So first of all, so she's running her Disney, she's running the Disney marathon. So how long recovery are we looking at regardless of what her next goal is? Well, based on what she's telling me, so this is her second marathon this fall, and she's coming off of an injury. So um, I would like to see a good month of um, really, really, really low volume <laughs> um, yeah. to heal up your body and get you prepared to be able to handle any kind of, um, you know, mileage again um, and or speed. Um, as far as a goal goes, I think maybe, you know, like an April-ish um, maybe half for speed, um, you know, to switch things up. Like you said, you've, you've been training for marathons now and you're looking to maybe, you know, do something different. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you if you back it down to a half marathon for the spring, I think you could do, you know, once you're healed up and rested, I think you could, could um, you know, that'd be a great fit for you um, to, to try that. And then the final question, I guess, was, you know, in terms of um, the long run mileage. Um, again, because you're coming off two marathons and you're injured, I think you need to kind of let the big mileage go for now um, and, and focus on recovering and resting up and, and then rebuilding. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. Well, and you can't always, you can't stay in prime form all the time. I mean, that's yeah. so frustrating sometimes about fitness is like, Oh, I just did two marathons. I want to be able to be able to, you know, run 20 miles, you know, without, you know, making it not feel as hard as it normally does. And you just can't do that. Yeah. Um, living the lives that we lead and, and having injury and prone bodies. It just doesn't, unfortunately, it just doesn't compute that way. Yeah. Uh, maybe in our next lives, right, Amanda? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Jan, I've done the Galloway interval training and heart rate training. I've gotten too comfortable with running at 140 heart rate. Is a run-walk program more like a Galloway program or one that expects you to run the whole race with no walk breaks? Um, well, again, I mean, the training is going to gradually build you up to longer and longer run intervals um, with the goal of race day being able to pretty much run through the race um, with the exception of walking through water stops. So it is different than a Galloway. A Galloway is going to be more of a, a still, even even on race day, have a, a very regular, um, it's what, at the one mile where you walk, I think, with Galloway, um, you know, those regular walking intervals. We're going to try to get you to where you can run through the whole thing, you know, walking a water stop. So. Yeah. So it's not. It's not. It's not um, always said the same thing. Yeah. Um, going back to Ava, and again, I think it's best if we email. But I just want to acknowledge that she did three marathons this year, two last year. She did the Philadelphia Full and the Rebahoff. Is that how you say that? Um, full. Oh, okay. All right. Now yeah, I'm remembering that now. Yes. Yes. Two weeks later. So that's a lot of marathons, Ava. Yeah, <laughs> I know. 
Uh, yeah, Ava, I want to see you back off a little bit right now and rest up. <laughs> Priority number one again, um, just like someone else we were talking to, um, you know, about that. And and then maybe, you know, Ava, I think for you and your situation, um, and it may not be really what you want, but I would pick a fall marathon, um, not a spring marathon. Maybe pick a fall half and focus on that and focus on the speed because that that speed will carry over to the fall then for a marathon. It'll it'll serve you really really well. But right now, I would focus on a little bit of downtime, recovery. I don't mean you don't have you know, you know I don't mean not running, but I would pick a pick a spring race, a spring half marathon, go out and nail it. And and you're you're in Maryland, so I can you know give you we can talk about even particular races if you want that I think are really good for um, working on speed um, for those races. And then let's find a really nice fall marathon for you. And um, I think you could do really well on that and and do the crush it plan for that. Perfect. Um, Tori, she's running her first marathon in January and training has gone wonderfully. Love hearing that. I feel great and I'm excited to complete my last long run this weekend. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited for 2018 and I think I want to work on speed as I am very slow. That's her emphasis. Um, is it best to drop to a shorter distance? Wow, I got uh, similar questions. Um, drop to a shorter distance to work on improving speed or is it something that I can improve at the half distance or should she focus on a 10K? So. After she gets through her marathon, what if she w wants to try to run faster, which one feels better to you, Coach Amanda? I think either 10K or half marathon. I think you need to decide, um, uh, are you working on speed for a marathon later on? Are you working on speed just to work on speed? Um, kind of define why you want to work on speed or if it's, you know, if it's for a particular goal or if it's just generalized getting faster. Um, either 10K or half marathon, though, will serve that purpose. Um, you know, they, they both, um, you know, include speed work and, and it's a different kind of speed than what you're going to do in marathon training and it will get you, you know, some, some leg speed and, and faster and, you know, I think, I think it's one thing that gets missed sometimes with people and, and training is, is just, um, we get into this mindset that, you know, it has to be a marathon training plan after marathon training plan after marathon training plan to get better at the marathon. Sometimes what's really great is to run a marathon, don't set up a mar another marathon goal for at least a year, and in the interim, pick those shorter races, train for those shorter races, train for being fast at those shorter races, and you'd be amazed at how that speed will carry over then when you get back into marathon training. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing, again, just a side plug, strength, 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 strength. I know MK coach, you know, preaches that as well. Like that is a critical part. It's not just running fast. It's building your body up so that when you, so you can run fast, and when you do run fast, you don't get hurt. Those yeah. are, I mean, it's really um, critical. Yeah. Um, okay, Jessica. Another question: Would you consider doing a race in Florida? We have a lot of great winter racing races. Um, yes, we would. So um, again, we just. I'll keep this really brief, but we did some planning last week. Um, what one thing that we did do was pick our doesn't roll off the tongue, but Bammer ambassadors, Bammer ambassadors, Bammer ambassadors is I guess what we settled on. Um, so we're going to have women around the country that are going to be more accessible. I mean, it's just really hard for Sarah, who's on the West Coast, and me in the Rockies to get to Florida. Um, you know, it's a couple time zones and a long travel time. So we're trying to get a little bit more um, grassroots going on so that we can get, because really the value is you guys getting together and meeting each other and maybe finding a running friend who lives near you or, um, you know, you know, doing a race together, whatever it happens to be. So we, we hear you, um, Jessica, and, and we're hoping to kind of um, add to that situation sooner than later, getting to more locations. 
Um, and, and Robin's asking about California, um, and similarly, we're, uh, we're working on it. We're <laughs> working on it. I mean, I wish, I wish that, uh, you know, I had my own jet, uh, first of all. So, so that's, that's, you know, that's <laughs> Once I get to that point, then it will be easier to get to races. But no, I'm yeah. just kidding. Okay, uh, Jennifer, what are the differences between the run and race half programs? She's coming to the Cape Cod retreat and would like to train for that race with the group, but I might also be doing a marathon two weeks after Cape Cod. So if she's doing a marathon two weeks after Cape Cod, you need to train for that, right? Yeah, that needs to be the priority. Um, yeah. You know, and then and then we incorporate the half marathon in there, um, which actually two weeks before um, a marathon, it depends on how you want to run it. Um, but I would recommend not racing it two weeks before a half marathon. I mean, before a marathon, but um, you know, definitely running it, you're going to be knocking out two birds with one stone because you'll get your um, you know your mileage for the plan in with the half marathon. So, um, yeah, that's how I'd recommend doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, and I'm using sure someone to, I mean, maybe even coach Amanda, um, would run with you during the half. I mean, I, the thing about the, the races at the retreats is they are definitely not, um, for time, you know, people definitely, you know, there are a handful of people who really run it for time and try to, try to get a really um, nice, solid race. And then there are the rest of us who go and um, whip it up because, again, like you don't always have friends to race with and run with. So you go and take silly pictures and, you know, you get through the course at a steady pace, but, you know, it's not it's not uh, about the time and the clock necessarily. Right, right. So. Um, Robin's asking, I've always done intervals according to Galloway. I've run um, 26 halves and four poles. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, do you accommodate this? Um, we don't have Galloway specific plans, but you can always Galloway the plans, right? Like if you like that, you know, and, and the half marathon, you know, the, you have either time or distance and you just want to do it as your, you know, as your pattern, your 4-1 pattern or 3-1 or 2-2 or whatever you happen to like, that's, that's fine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but, no reason why you can't do that. Yeah, but they're not written for with that in mind, just so you yeah. know. So, like, the directions won't. Um, have details about that. Um, Allison's asking, um, how is it, how easy is it to move around the long run day in the go the distance marathon plan? I want to use a Training Peaks app, but I don't want to move the day around in my head. I typically do my long runs on Sunday. Yeah, that that's fine. We, I mean, that is um, one of the more frequent questions that I get, and um, you know, it's it's very easy to accommodate that. We would just shift things around. Um, you know, uh, probably, you know, we can shift them, we can shift your rest day potentially, or we can, um, you know, shift some weekday runs. It just depends on what your schedule is um, in terms of where we shift them. I don't want to dictate to you how to shift those because I don't know what's most ideal to your particular schedule. But definitely doable and, um, you know, just sign up and then email and we can figure it out from there. Yeah. The thing about Training Peaks, Allison, what you can do, um, so if you buy the premium, which I think is a little over $100 a year, then you're allowed to move things around yourself, so you can move the boxes however you want, because you said you don't want to just do it in your head. Um, the other thing, this is kind of a hack, so I'm not entirely sure that it would work, but I'm pretty sure that it would, is I think, you know, we normally say, you know, start your training plan on a Monday, but if we have you put that next Tuesday in the calendar, it would shift everything one day putting your long run on a Sunday, um, you know, without having to buy the premium. Now your race day is going to be a little off and we would need to talk about that last week, but other than that, it would be fine. So 
Um, so that's just one way of thinking about it if, if it's important that your training peaks aligns um, with the days. Um, okay, um, Emily, uh, I just completed a half marathon this past Sunday. I have some foot pain, plantar fasciitis, and plan to rest it for a while before aiming for another half in April and May. Is it possible to go completely running free for a few weeks and not have it set me back to the point where I need to start a new training plan back at square one? Um, it's possible. Um, um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it would kind of align nicely with taking some, some time off and then with um, the time frame of when you want to um, run your race. Um, so I would almost maybe say play it by ear, um, kind of see how quickly you heal up and how you're feeling and then how much mileage you want to start back in on. So um, I would really have a PT guide you. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully you have somebody helping you with your plantar fasciitis. Um, yeah. Um, and if not, I would really, you know, kind of, um, you know, do some smart Googling um, <laughs> and find, you know, some, like, we can help you maybe find a, a credible comeback plan. Um, the thing is, um, you know, you don't want to get back to your, get to a place where you get to week six and your foot hurts so much that you can't get out of bed in the morning, right? That's just not, so we need to make sure that you are like 110% before we launch you into another training plan. That said, I really am a big believer in cross training. I know I know specificity of running, specificity specificity of running, and you're worried about losing the gains that you've made. But you know, I train for a marathon mostly on a bike. Um, I you know you can definitely get some great cardiovascular aerobic endurance. Um, you can keep your body and your lifestyle just as importantly in the groove of getting to the gym, of working out, of doing strength training. Because I think one of the things that's hard almost when you're coming back from an injury where you're not able to do anything or you decide you're not going to do anything is, is going back from zero to, you know, four or five days a week and getting your family back adjusted to that, getting your, your, your body, getting up early, all that stuff is hard. So if you can keep yourself, you know, running in the pool or swimming or elliptical or whatever doesn't hurt your foot, um, I really recommend doing that for both for physical and mental reasons. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and I highly agree with that. And I have to, to say, even when I'm speaking to these questions, I'm, I'm already assuming that, that you're doing that. So, I, yeah. and I shouldn't make that assumption um, just because, but that's always, it's been my MO and it's been your MO, you know, like part of it's mental health, but part of it is also keeping that cardiovascular and, and everything else um, going so that, yeah, it's not such a big jump to, to go back into running. Yeah. The other thing that we have, um, we have a Facebook, a private Facebook page. It's free for anybody. We have the Injured Bammers group. Um, it's injured, then hashtag Bammer. Um, if you guys want to search that up and ask to join it, um, you know, we've got everyone from, you know, people who are really, you know, coming back from hip surgery up to, you know, you know, just coming out of plantar fasciitis. So it's, it's a big range of people. So um, there's some good support and, um, and empathy there. Um, okay, Gretchen, uh, you mentioned a good base for running. What is which is something I'd love to do so that I can run for many more years injury-free. What programs are better at building the base, traditional running programs, or the heart rate program? So what, if you're going to build a base, which one? Um, lots of ways to skin a cat, but you want to just talk a little bit about the difference between the two? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, like you said, there are different ways of going about it. And, but I really do love heart rate training for building a base. Um, and you know, and and if you you know feel like you're at a start over point and you want to build a base and and have that to maintain it, I think heart rate is great. Um, it because that's what it does. It builds that aerobic 
base, which is a building block before you want to add the other pieces on top of it. Um, that said, you know, you can go with one of our um, more, I don't, basic's not the right word I want, but less aggressive plans, um, and it, it's also going to build some base um, along the way. For instance, if you want to look at, say, um, we, we addressed this earlier, but the differences between the run it and the race it plans for um, 13.1, and the, the run it plan by design, I don't have you really getting into speed work till pretty far down the line so that you do have base building built in there. Um, and I mean, I think that's kind of a hallmark of all the plans that I have. Um, Crash the distance being a little bit more aggressive, but I, I, I'm a believer in building a base, and that's another reason why one of our, why some of our plans are as many weeks long as they are, because um, we want you to build that base first. Yeah. So. And the thing about the heart rate is that it gives you that, you know, basically that cap of 140, so you are really um, in a place where you are, you have, you know, some controls put on you, so that, you know, I think sometimes we think we're building a base and we're actually in a tempo mm -hmm. run, you know, mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so this really makes sure that you are going slow and steady and keeping your um, heart rate low and and as such, you know, maybe not um, quite impacting your body if you're on the verge of injury. Yeah. Um, okay, Heidi, how important is cadence? I read about the standards of 180 beats per minute or steps per minute, but I don't know anything more about it other than I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us aren't. Um, <laughs> no, exactly. Unless your name is Dina or Meb, you're not, um, we're not there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, um, for a while there, it was believed that 180 was the ideal cadence, um, the most efficient um, for sending the fewest, um, the smallest amount of force up through your body and less injury and this, that, and the other. Um, reality is, even some of the elites might be below it. Um, you know, some might be above it. It's it's a range. It's you know, ideally, we're all going to, you know, want to have our feet turning over a little bit faster, um, but, you know, 180 is not necessarily something that's realistic for most people. Um, so it's not something I would recommend obsessing over or trying to, um, you know, radically change for you. But you can go out and count your, your steps on one side for a minute, you know, um, go out and try some runs where you do that and kind of get a, a, a sense for where your cadence already is. And if you really want to improve that a little bit, um, I would say make it a goal to really do it gradually, um, you know, so that you're going to increase it by, um, you know, two or three um, as opposed to like 10 or 15, um, you know, in one chunk. So, yeah. Yeah, and my hack for that is I just think light and quick. I don't know what my cadence is. I've tried to change it, but I don't know what it is most recently, but just thinking light and quick feet is enough to kind of get the idea of what you want. Um, yeah. You can geek out on the numbers, too. It's, it's, it's a good way to pass the time, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's also, I mean, because there was, you know, a big focus on this for a long time, there are a lot of playlists out there, I believe, that are um, oh, dedicated yeah. to a 180 cadence, and there is science that shows that when you're listening to music at a 180 cadence, your feet are going to kind of fall into that pattern. So, but again, 180 is not, I mean, it, it has kind of been disproven that it is like the ideal for every runner, so don't necessarily aspire to that. Yep. Um, and Jessie's just following up. She's got some heart issues, so maybe heart rate is the right um, right plan for her. So, um, so yeah, so then I think the 13.1 run walk, the 10K run walk, just starting again for the base. You just want something that keeps you out there moving forward. I mean, that's really how you build your base. It's not on the track. It's not running as hard as you can. It is just time on your feet. So, yeah. 
Um, okay, uh, we're getting there, Amanda. A couple more to go. Are you, we got a marathon. We're almost done with this half marathon. Are you okay? Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Take, take a sip of water. Um, okay, Penny's asking, I've done a few half marathons, and I'm training for a full at the end of May. She's going to do the Bayshore Traverse City in Michigan. Oh. There's a six-hour time limit. My training app I use for the half estimates a 519 finish. I don't know if it's accurate. How much do I need to focus on speed? My comfortable pace is 11-minute miles, and her halftime is 231. So um, with a six-hour limit, unless she has a miserable day, she should be under that for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'll be okay. I think you'll be okay. And, um, you know, um, it, it, if it's your first um, marathon, I don't really want to see you focusing too much on speed. I mean, I would definitely not recommend you jumping into the crush it plan or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't sweat it too much. Um, and I, th I think that you'll, you'll, I think you'll be safe. And I think that just by going through the, some of the training, you're going to get a little bit more efficient anyhow. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So a good way to um, very basic way, not definitely not accurate, but double your half time and then add 10 to 20 minutes depending upon um, for your first marathon just be, just because it's a learning experience and you know you just don't run it's not two halves back to back. So I think you're going to be fine um, getting into that six hour limit. I think you're going to have a blast. So have fun. Okay, Jody is piggybacking on the current question about the about the recovery for the um, from the marathon, the Walt Disney World marathon. So she's doing the dopey, um, which you know is 48.6 miles, I believe, or maybe I don't. I uh, it's a 5k, 10k, half and full. Okay. Um, and uh, so if you were her, um, what would you do with that? Um, for recovery. Yeah, I, I mean, I I would take a month of like completely plan-free running. Um, the first week, just concentrate on movement, not running, and very, very slowly then start incorporating runs back in there. But don't don't put yourself on a a plan or on a clock or anything like that, and just run for fun. You know, when the mood strikes, because you're also, you know. I think forgotten a lot of times is you're you're not just recovering your body or you're recovering your mind, um, yeah. and and you know it, you love running and you don't want to get to a point where you hate running and resent it. Um, so um, you know take that time to just kind of step back from it. And when the mood strikes, go out for a couple of miles. If the mood doesn't strike, don't sweat it. Um, you know again maintain some cardiovascular fitness in there, some strength in there, um, just in other formats, you know, if, if you really are dying to get out there, go out on, go out for a bike ride, go out, you know, for a nice walk, whatever. Um, but, you know, do, do some, some different things for, for a little while and rest, rest, rest. <laughs> rest, rest, rest. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's so hard, but it's so important. So important. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, May wants to break her two hours in the half marathon. Her fastest race is 204, but she's 51 and think that my fastest, strongest days are behind me. Is it possible at this age? If so, would you recommend, you recommend strength training or speed, or both? Um, and then she wants to recommend a flat, fast race. Um, May, if you're still listening, um, where are you, first of all? And secondly, um, it might be worth an email, but why don't you talk about, I mean, four minutes off of a half marathon time is not, um, it's not out of range, is it? No, it's not out of range at all, and um, and I don't think you're too old to do it either. Um, you know, especially if, you know. Yeah, I mean, someone like me who's been running for 20 years, um, you know, yeah, I'm not going to make any progress. Right. 
but yeah, I'm assuming you're a little bit of a newer runner than that, and so um, that there's still room to gain. And um, back to again, we talk about this, you know, especially as you're getting, you know, a master's runner, strength, 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 um, some speed work in there too. Um, you know, I think strides are great um, at the end of your easy runs. Um, all the little things um, really add up, um, in particular at this age. So, um, so focus on those details. And um, and we're talking about a, a may half. Is that what she wanted? To, she was wanted a recommendation for. Or? Um, she did. No, she wanted. She just wanted a flat, fast half. And I don't. She hasn't written in, so I don't know where she is. So um, that's something that you can email us about May, or we can um, yeah. figure out what we can do. Um, the other thing, just so you know, I wanted to just point this out. Um, if you're still listening, <laughs> is um, you know, if you sign up for the 13.1 race plan um, and you find it's too aggressive, we'll switch you out to the run plan, or vice versa. I mean. It's not like you're locked into that plan, just like you're not locked into a race date. I mean, you know, if you're going to pick a race seven months down the line, we're probably going to, you know, have to have a conversation about a, a little bit of a charge. But, um, but I mean, you know, like we definitely want you to feel like you're at a plan, like we said at the beginning, that you're going to feel successful on instead of struggle on. So, um, so just like if, if May ended up picking the race plan and she looks at it and she's like, whoa, that's too much, just email us and we'll get you on the run plan, no problem. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay, uh, Amy, how do I calculate my ideal heart rate for heart rate training? Um, I'll take this quickly just because I've been on a lot of webinars with Coach MK, but like I said, she has a cap of 140 for all the easy races or all the easy runs. So you are either, um, unless you are, you know, have some kind of condition or you're over 65 or under 25, all your easy runs are going to be at 140. Um, and and there's um, and then if you're not at 140, then you are watching your speed. Um, so you're either watching your heart rate or your speed. You're not watching, um, those are your only two choices. So what it does is it either makes, it forces you to run easy, which builds that cardiovascular base, or it forces you to run really hard um, because the race pace stuff is definitely challenging. So um, there's a lot of other things that you can look at. You can look at Phil, Phil Maffetone, and um, there's some other different formulas and stuff out there, um, but that's how we um, do heart rate training. Um, okay, um, Paula's asking, uh, I have PTSD and it can cause problems. I can walk outside as long as my husband is with me. We average 8 to 10 kilometers a day. She's Canadian. However, running outside by myself is a different matter. I can do it about once a week. Running with him is not an option. He's too fast. Treadmills are not an option either. Is this okay? My average half is about 3 hours and 12 minutes. Anything else that she could do? So, um, so really, she can run once a week, um, and I, I don't have any other information. Um, so, um, if she wanted to race, I mean, well, maybe a 10k, just because that would be easier, right? That that's I mean, what I think. Yeah, I, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend a 10k versus um, a half marathon. On it, just. That's just a real struggle on that that little bit of mileage to realistically get to 13.1. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there are any other options. I mean, in terms of you know I, you know where you are with your PTSD and and joining running groups. I don't know if that's you know something that's an option to give you the comfort of having other people around. And I don't know if you have any in your area. Um, you know, it's, it's a little tough to speak to. So, but I, you know, um, yeah, I think, I think the 10 K would definitely be a, a good idea in this situation. But yeah, Paul, I would love it if you could drop us a line. I'm going to, I'm going to write back to you right now because we'd love to help you 
find a situation, see if we can help you. Um, you know, obviously we're not uh, medical professionals, but we'd love to help you keep moving forward, right? Because I know there's yeah. some real healing in that. So let's let's see what we can do to kind of figure out working with your husband, working with what you can do now, if there's a group nearby, that kind of thing. So um, I'll send you a follow-up email. Um, and then we're going to end with this lovely, because I've been saving this oh, towards the end. Um, this is Patricia, who says, I just want to say thank you. I'm signed up for the traditional 13.1 race plan, and I love it. I've done a couple outstand oh out, I'm sorry I've done a couple outside training plans and they went okay but I truly love the train like a mother plan how really well thought out it is and it's to improve your running while taking into account the busy mama life I am so happy to have joined this tribe thanks again awesome. I love hearing stuff like that because that is really is our goal is we want you to keep moving forward keep setting goals you know and and take care of yourself along the way because um, we're all worth it right Coach Amanda. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So that's great to hear, and uh, you know, yeah. And it's we're all in this together in this juggling act. So um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Coach Amanda. As always, um, you are such an awesome resource and so generous with your time and your advice for these women. And um, and oh, my um, pleasure. I'm just and I like having you as coach too. So. Yeah. Well, I love it. So thank you. <laughs> and happy holidays, everybody. Yep, happy holidays, and um, like I said, look for an email um, later today, and uh, and if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out, because we really do want to make sure that you're in a, in a good fit. So yeah. take care, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.